When your skin feels nourished and glows, you radiate confidence. Osea makes giving your skin a glow up easy with their clean, clinically proven Mega Moisture Duo. This seaweed-powered duo features two of Osea's best sellers, Andaria Algae Body Oil and Andaria Collagen Body Lotion. Glow from the inside out. Get 10% off your first order with code GLOW at OseaMalibu.com. That's O-S-E-A Malibu.com, code GLOW. Welcome to GDN's Talking Comics interview. On today's show, we welcome artist Eric Nien and writer Scott Berman, the creative team behind the hilarious new four-issue miniseries from Dark Horse Comics, White Savior. A biting and satirical look at the white savior trope found in movies like Last Samurai and The Great Wall. Now, here's your host, Martin Sexton. Welcome to another edition of GVN Talking Comics Interview. I am your host, Martin, and today I have the pleasure of talking to the creative team behind a book that very much reflects my style of humor, Dark Horse Comics' White Savior. This was one of those books, actually, that was brought to our attention uh, by one of the creative team, actually, uh, Eric, uh, and he reached out to tell us about it, and I I really love when that happens, because more often than not, because there are so many books out there, I might have missed it. Uh, but checking out the previews, uh, Scott and Eric's script was very much in my wheelhouse of what I think is funny. And along with uh, Eric's artistic talents, it soon became a must read. Uh, and I knew I needed to talk to them. So we're now two issues in into the four issue miniseries. And I'm pleased to welcome the creative team behind this dark uh, horse comic book, Eric Nian and Scott Berman to the GVN's Talking Comics. How are we doing today, guys? Doing good, doing good. How about yourself, Martin? All right, doing well. Okay. All right. So this is since this is the first time we've had a chance to chat, I'm gonna start a little bit about your creative backgrounds. Uh as and we're gonna start with you, Scott. Uh, as, as far as writing goes, what made you take an interest in writing? And uh what style of writing was your initial goal starting out? You know, it's it's super funny. Whenever people go with me first, I'm like I am definitely the underwhelming one of the two of us, of of Eric and myself. But um, yeah, I've been, you know, uh, I've been writing, uh, you know, all, all my life pretty much. And, and I think this is the first one that's getting some uh, attention. And so uh, I think writing is uh, comparatively easier than, than getting uh, attention is. And so... Um, yeah, I just uh, I just enjoy um, yeah, I just enjoy telling stories, putting them out there in the world, and uh, yeah, I I uh, I wish I had a cooler answer, but I leave the cool <laughs> stuff to to Eric, and then I can uh, uh, butt in accordingly. <laughs> okay, okay, then since uh, he's tossing it to you, Eric, uh, when did you take an interest in comic art, and which creators inspired you to pursue that calling? Well, uh, well. Thank you for having us. It's uh, great to be here. It's a uh, nice, uh, chilly Saturday, so I, yeah. I guess that. Uh, but uh, yeah, I, I've been doing this for a long time, it seems. Uh, man, it goes by so quick. Uh, who got me into comics? Um, uh, of course, you, everyone knows Todd McFarlane. He's probably the, by far the most influential in, in my opinion, in my terms. Uh, got got me in there when I was still in high school reading comic books, you know, and uh, Todd McFarlane changed everything. From there, I, I've always dabbled in art, drew and all that stuff. And uh, it was because of the success he's made available for everyone else. Uh, I think Todd McFarlane is the one that, that got me into comics. Uh, I've been drawing for 
so long. I went to Art Center College of Design as a um, uh, industrial design major. Got out, did some gaming uh, work at game studios, uh, designing games for Xbox, um, uh, AAA games like that. Then uh, found myself doing doing side jobs in comics, and uh, and before I knew it, I met up with Rick Remender. We started doing uh, creator own books, and got my first book at image called strange girl which is by far still one of my favorite books i've ever done because it was something that uh i didn't have any idea of what i was going to do and so it just came uh it, it, to me that's like the, my raw sort of uh, uh take on comics if i were if i had no uh boundaries in, in comics so i still think that's probably my favorite uh to this day and uh then work for marvel dc all that stuff um uh, you know, good good titles, Old Man Logan, The Weekend Starboy, and here we are. I decided to do another creator-owned book called uh, White Savior with my uh, co-creator who is white. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay, so you, you you talk about you've done work, Eric, you've done work for Marvel and DC, and you know, you, you've you done some, you know, mainstream characters. Did at any time during, you know, when you're doing these, did you ever feel any kind of intimidated? Because, you know, I've talked to other creators who, okay, I'm drawing Batman, and, you know, of course, Batman's got a set fan base. I don't want to screw it up. Did you ever deal with any of that? Oh, yeah, definitely. That, that's, that's one of the things about doing uh, these um, mainstream books. Uh, you don't want to, but but it just happens that uh, you'll get sort of influenced by what you think readers might want or editors might want. And so a lot of times your artistic ability, for me personally, um, I, I go through this um, stage where I say, okay, uh, what would the readers want or something? And sometimes that might not be the right approach. Uh, so I, I don't know, you know, some. My style changes all the time, depending on the book that I do, whether it's a dark, gritty book or a fun, cartoony book. But sometimes I think I, I change maybe too much where uh, <laughs> uh, style-wise, um, uh, nothing can be pinpoint to a certain style, which uh, in, in some respects is, is great if you're a, uh, if you love just variety and, um, and doing different projects. But it might be a um, drawback if you're look, if you want people to know what you're quote unquote style is so yeah okay okay so now uh i was of course in preparation for this i was reading through previous interviews and uh, uh scott i read that you had let eric read a script called how i got drunk and save the world that sounded actually very interesting to me so could you tell me a little bit about that yeah how i got drunk and save the world so i'm i'm working on it with uh, another artist now i kind of just i didn't you know, a lot of times, so so I found Eric by sending him this script, and uh, he was busy, and so I had another artist start it, and one of the problems you run into when trying to create comics is, if you get an artist starting it, they might not finish it, and so uh, you have an artist start it, they get busy, they can't finish it, it takes years and years, but I luckily just hopped on board with uh, another artist who's almost finished with the first issue now, How I Got Drunk and Saved the World. So it's about a it's about a alcoholic degenerate ex superhero, and when I say ex superhero, he was basically on the Avengers of this world, if you will, for about two weeks. But he was such a drunken degenerate screw up uh, that they kicked him off, and now it's twenty years later, and the government pays him 
not to use his superhero powers uh, because he's such an embarrassment to the superhero community. So as long as he doesn't use his powers, he gets paid. Uh, of course, something comes up. He has to use his powers. Uh, he finds out one of his many illegitimate children is destined to destroy the world, and uh, he's the only one who can stop him. So how I got drunk and saved the world, uh, we're hoping comes out fairly soon, but we're still kind of talking, seeing what happens with uh, with White Savior, and and hopefully the uh, the prices for getting this one will skyrocket. Uh, because of the success of White Savior. That's the, the general plan. <laughs> All right. Okay, so since we're talking about White Savior, and it's the main reason we're talking, uh, okay, so I, as I told you, I made it pretty clear that uh, I love this book and find it hilarious uh, pretty much from, and it's not just like I find it this funny and then move on. And find, so I find it funny almost throughout, which to me is very rare. Uh, so so tell me about how, I don't care who, who, care who answers necessarily, tell me how this premise came about and what were your goals as, as you were trying to work through the story? All right, Piss Man, you go for it. So, so it's really funny how Eric and I decide who answers which questions. And so usually when we're talking about the plot of the book, it comes to me because you have to talk about how the white guy is an idiot. And it comes much better for me than Eric. And And when we talk about representation and diversity i usually toss it on over to eric there but uh yeah the um you know we were just brainstorming ideas and this was uh, around the time the movie the great wall with with matt damon came out and uh, we were just um tossing around ideas and we said what if um what if the guy who's destined to save everybody is an idiot and so from there we kind of just liked the the general idea um despite what a lot of people think eric and i aren't as um i guess politically motivated as one would think we we just wanted to tell a a funny story and then we kind of tapped into the oh wait a minute there is something going on with with white saviors here and and we could really spoof this uh this thing and uh and yeah from there we kind of came up with the idea um we, we wrote a general script and outline together and uh and then Eric would draw it and then we would kind of come together and put like as many jokes on the page as possible. And uh, and one thing when we first when we did the first issue, we were kind of looking at it and I was and we were kind of going, it's you know, it, it needs to get it, the, the jokes on the page need to be a little crazier and a little funnier to match what's going to happen in the following issues. And so I think that actually more than anything else might've influenced um, the comedy of the book, if you will. Uh, it, we, we said, we need to make it, we need to make the beginning crazier to match the craziness of what follows because the craziness of what follows, I think uh, is, uh, let's just say pretty interesting without spoiling too much uh, over here. I said, and I thought it was interesting. It's funny that you said that because as I was reading through it and reading some of the dialogue, I kept thinking, I said, this looks like possibly maybe once Eric did the drawing, you went in there, it's okay. So now let's go ahead and insert this. Let's go ahead and insert this. Because uh, my brother and I actually work the same kind of way. We just see pictures and we just start thinking, okay, what would be funny? Uh, and that's kind of what probably what appeals to me most about it. Uh, so was there anything that you put out there that you decided, okay, no, we maybe not be able to do that, like got left on the cutting room floor? Well, there's, there's a lot that we had to we had to uh, to shave off to to fit a four issue uh, series. 
uh, initially, um, Scott had all sorts of ideas and, and we, we had it up to like eight issues or something like that. And, uh, we, there's, there's lots of segues, uh, stories and, uh, backstories that, um, were, you know, we, we had to trim it down for, for issue, you know, there's, there's that, uh, I don't know, we want to save the dark savior story, but, uh, <laughs> but we have, we have uh, offshoots that, uh, that we will throw into the, uh, notes here and there, you know, um, just to let people know that, that there, there's other potentials out there, other, um, spinoffs that we want to do. Yeah, so I think long story short, we we have about double the material that we uh that we can use, and we hope when this takes off that uh, we will use it. <laughs> so that's actually good news, and actually I was I was going to bring that up, and I still will toward the end here. Okay, so uh, I did notice though, I mean, Eric, for the most part, even though you know the the humor and the dialogue is out there, your drawings are still not. I mean, you don't lean toward trying to do anything crazy funny. I mean, a lot of it's still pretty serious as far as the drawing goes. Was that done intentionally, or is that something you kind of worked out as you went? Uh, it's probably just something that that I worked out as it went. Um, uh, I'm not quite sure what you mean by uh, a little crazier. I, I don't know. It just felt like, you know, just for um, pacing out each scene. Some Sometimes um, uh, it's just it's it just landed the way it did. Uh, I, I would have loved to have more room for you know gorgeous, you know better splashes and stuff, but you know it, this we are limited to. We even extended um, uh, issues to like I think it was twenty six pages or is it twenty four? Twenty four pages uh, per issue. Like that. Um, I, I had I actually had to um, email the editors. Hey, can we add a couple more pages here and there? And so. Um, yeah, they, they go ahead. Sure. Uh, I mean, <laughs> you know, you can add as many pages as you want. But uh, so we had to add a couple of pages here and there just to get things uh, paced out correctly. OK. OK. So no, I had, you know, my initial review, I had compared White Savior to Mel Brooks and Monty Python. And uh, of course, those are two favorites of mine. Uh, and the comparison still stands strong, even as I've read through the second book. Uh, but uh, and mainly because it just like them, it looked like that you didn't have, you know, you just kind of let your comic mind flow. Uh, you didn't kind of hold back on anything. So it was was it that your goal going in is to kind of resemble that kind of humor or was you just, you know, doing what you thought was funny and hope the fans took to it the way I did? Yeah, yeah. We just did what we thought was funny that would that we could do that was funny. Uh, even I mean, we, we try to push the uh, the extreme to what we what we wanted to say so that it, it borderline, you know, you borderline, you know, if it went too far or not, uh, I, I I don't think we went far enough. Uh, Scott thinks we went far enough. Uh, I'm always trying to push the uh, the jokes here and there. And uh, well, so uh, you know. the two funny things about this. So we didn't intentionally think like Mel Brooks or Monty Python, but I think our minds just go there from what we just what we like. And so it wasn't intentional. But then we look back and we go, yeah, it does have a Blazing Saddles ish. Uh, uh, a holy grail feel to it uh and and as for the extremes of the comedy uh it's re it's really funny that i was always scared i would always be like we can't put this i would say something crazy and then immediately take it back and then eric would be like no 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 no, no. we we got to put that in and we got to push it further and i'm like eric i don't want to get murdered i'm with the white savior so we got to be careful eric had zero fear whereas i was the the opposite <laughs> literally every day uh fearful of, of what 
kind of crazy nonsense we're going to put into this uh, this book. Okay, so you know we're talking about some of the things. I said, I'm going to bring up a couple examples that initially jumped out at me. And right at first is the big battle scene, right when uh, uh, get my head straight here, uh, when uh, Todd had just fallen into the uh, into the uh, scene, and you know they were going at and people off on the side as they were getting injured were crying out what part of their body got uh, hurt. And, and say, to be honest with you, that kind of brought me back to Monty Python, the Holy Grail. Of course, when the Black Knight is fighting King Arthur, of course, he, the Black Knight is totally saying, okay, no, you didn't hurt me. You cut my arm off. That's a flesh wound. Uh, but uh, these guys are crying out every little body part that got killed, which I thought was hilarious. <laughs> yeah. And, and um, yeah, I, I, and I think that was another instance of Eric had drawn it and the, and we had basically, we were just going to put, this is the battle and maybe ah, I'm going to kill you, something like that. And then after we did the first issue, we kind of paused and went, well, this thing isn't, isn't crazy and, and crazy enough. We got to let people know what's coming. We got to amp up the comedy. And so we just kind of went page by page and said, let's just, let's just throw the jokes on this thing and, and go nuts with it. Um, so yeah, yeah, it, it, but it is it's interesting that we don't a lot of times think about these things. They kind of just happen and then we go, "Oh yeah, that's that's why we did it." We don't realize <laughs> why we're doing it though. <laughs> say, say, and another scene, of course, uh, when uh, Zenodai Grant arrives at Castle Kunu to visit Kinzo, and he's going into this long-winded spiel about his fork, uh, about how he loves the fork because he likes to stab <laughs> people with. Okay, so that one actually reminded me of um robin hood prince of thieves where he's talking about said he was going to cut robin's heart out with a spoon and his cousin asked him well why a spoon cousin because it's dull it'll hurt more uh and that's actually what i was thinking of when he was talking about how he loved to stab things with his fork and talking about how he was trying how cutting a steak with a uh pair of chopsticks doesn't work yeah well, with jokes like that with the you know uh there, there's always this long-running joke about chopsticks versus uh forks and the utility of it and stuff and and even to this day you know um I make jokes all the time about, you know, uh, me being Asian, still using chopsticks on <laughs> items. I mean, you see people eating chopsticks, uh, Cheetos with chopsticks and stuff. I mean, it just, it, 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 for me, those types of stuff, I, I think it's funny. It's a, well, also, that also scene was also where when he came in, he said that he killed 60 of his men and beheaded them to uh, kind of celebrate his coming because he said Americans enjoyed that kind of uh, unnecessary violence. Uh, but again, just a little offshoot off to the side, you hear the guys getting killed, but they're talking after they're supposedly dying saying that uh, this uh, they killed me. So, yeah, they couldn't have killed you. You're still talking. Well, they beheaded me. So, uh, and again, I just, the kind of stuff I just find hilarious. Well, thanks. Okay. Uh, so, you know, you talk about all this extra stuff that you have for the book. If this is well received, do you see yourself doing another volume of it? If, if they let us, if they if they want it, definitely. Um, we're we're hoping uh, we we're in uh, talks with a lot of good people, and uh, and man, I I hope we do get a chance to explore it either in comics or in TV. Um, uh, more stories about the whole white savior. Uh, white savior tropes and, and all these um, the other issues that come that we're um, playing with throughout the whole series is uh, TV a possibility? Oh, I I hope so. <laughs> uh, fingers and toes crossed. Yeah, we're, we're we're talking to people, but the problem is you never know where these talks 
go. You know, they, they promise the world and then deliver you like a little lima bean or something. So we're, uh, we're still trying to navigate that world and, and figure it out. So was, uh, was uh, Dark Horse the only uh, comic that you presented it to, or did you present it to any other publishers? Yeah, Dark Horse was the one that jumped down very quickly when we sent it to him. Uh, we sent it to a few others, uh, uh, but when we got uh, when we got the uh, the email from Dark Horse, we were like Dark Horse. That uh, that was kind of like a uh, a no brainer. You know, uh, they have such great um, affiliation with Netflix and how they're able and experience to taking property to as uh, from a comic book source to something more and so um i mean dark horse has been fantastic uh in for us so far so so i mean so if it went to television do you have do you have any kind of you know i know this is way in advance but do you have any kind of casting people you could see in the different roles that you you have we do but i i think uh, it, for us it's smarter to let people who know what they're doing in that realm to uh to pick out the right people uh to, to to make it the best it can be but but you do have that an idea of who you would like to see ah, we just... throw out here names here and there and stuff <laughs> like that you know, know we're scared now throwing out names that that we haven't talked to and those that we have and so we yeah. want to we want to make sure we're not uh, offending anybody or promoting anybody who... Or excluding anyone too. Yeah, you excluding. Know. Yeah. All right. Very good. Okay. So uh, that's pretty much what I got for. But I, before I let you go, I want to give you an opportunity to share uh, any other projects that you have coming up, and where can fans follow each of you, either on social media or on the web? Uh, fans of the comic book and everything. We do have an Instagram, uh, White Savior Comic, right? Uh, yeah, and yes. uh, we always have and... to remember the name of it because. <laughs> Instagram and I and I'm looking at it on my other computer. Instagram is White Savior Comic. Twitter is White Savior Book because you couldn't fit comic into it apparently. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Those. And, and as far as any other projects you might have coming up, uh, we're pitching stuff here and there. Uh, hopefully we'll we'll get on some. Uh, um, hopefully um, we'll get on some books from Marvel or DC. Once, once the editorials at Marvel DC see what we can do as far as uh, a writing team or even Scott's uh, ability to write, I, I think Scott's going to blow up in the comic uh, book industry. Um, as, I told as him to a, say that for the as a premier writer. I, I mean, really, yeah, his. I, I, I've, I like, I like, I've told many times in other interviews. Um, I've been, I've, I have a lot of experience reading scripts and everything and doing uh, comic book work. Um, the reason why I partnered up with Scott, who, who really didn't have a, a body of work in the comics, but his writing as far as other uh, and other places where he really dealt with comedy, it, the work that he's going to present is going to be really good for the uh, comic book industry. I mean, his, his, his style of writing, I think, is, is very enjoyable. And so hopefully, for example, we're pitching things that uh, Marvel, if they, if they get it on the right book, we, we can really make it a great um funny book Eric you gotta really just push a little harder for me uh no <laughs> it's I'll make a campaign hire <laughs> Scott Berman it usually this started the other way around because when we first started doing podcasts and interviews Eric didn't want to do any he didn't want to talk and I was like Eric we got to get out there 
And I'm like, Eric, I, and I was always Eric's pitch man, his flavor flavor. I'm like, Eric is the best in the business and everything like that. Because Eric is, is a, he's not like me. Eric's very humble and, um, <laughs> and I am not humble at all, but I will pretend to be every now and then. And so I've always been Eric's uh, flavor flavor, just his um, pitch man, his hype man. Uh, and so uh, it's just been <laughs> Really great, just with the with the, the two of us. Just uh, just the, the amount of trust Eric has in me, I should trust him. I mean, I have no reason not to. But the fact that he trusts me is just always um, mind boggling uh, to me. I always say. Actually, I'd be kind of surprised that Eric would. You know, like I say he's been doing comics a long time. That this kind of thing would be old hat to him. So, uh, but it's always it's always good to have a good PR man who's willing to talk. So you're you're doing good there. All right. Well, I appreciate it, fellows, and. Uh, I will be, of course, following the rest of uh, White Savior very closely because, like I said, I love the book. And uh, I'll be hopefully following uh, whatever comes out from your way uh, in the future. Awesome. Well, thank you for having us. Uh, it's always a pleasure so to talk to people. All right. Well, I thank you very much. Thank you for listening to GVN's Talking Comics. Please come back again. Talking Comics is a production of Geek Vibes Nation.